Good evening, good evening and God bless. I want to welcome you guys here tonight to Wednesday Night at True Encounter with our young adults. And we are excited to continue a series that's centered around relationships. And if you weren't live with us or here present at the church, we had a Q&A our first time around with our brothers and sister Colby and, and Carlos Romero along with my wife Laura. And it was an amazing time, but tonight we're going to give you more of a teaching that's centered around singleness. Right, honey? Yes. So we're excited about this. So tonight's title is called Choosing Singleness. So if you're out there, you're watching this and you're single, um, this class is really going to hit home. You know, and even if you're in a relationship, hey, I'm not saying leave or stay, but I'm saying pay attention, take notes. Because choosing singleness sometimes is the best route in the season that you're in right now with God. And we're here to kind of give you some, not only motivation, but edification when it comes to this topic. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask the crowd real quick. We do have a mic, so I want you guys to respond. Uh, the question we're going to start off with is, what does it mean to be single? Who wants to start off? What's your definition of being single? And don't say by yourself. Come on, who wants to answer? ¿Qué significa ser soltero? Vamos a vincho. Is that on? You guys, you gotta hold it down. So give it over. <laughs> Is it green? Yeah, you think you muted it? Just press the button. Okay, is it green now? Está muerto ese micrófono. Oh, my guy. Um, so, David, what does it mean to be single? What is your response? Being single should be the time where you take to acknowledge who you are as a person, you know? Yay. In order for you to bring that to the person that, well, you're going to build a relationship later on, but um, mainly to know yourself. Wow. It's a good student right there. Actually, you're probably looking at our notes. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. Anyone else? I want to hear some feedback. What does it mean to be single? That's a good answer, but what is your definition? You're single. If you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, what does it mean to be single? Okay. Hey, anyone on this side? Come on, give us something. Does that have to be a long definition? We want to hear what it means. You want to go ahead? There you go. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Kobe. I mean, oh, yeah. you're married, girl, but you were single at one point, like 20 years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> So for me, single is where you get to like develop your relationship with Jesus and hey. understanding what he wants for your life. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's how I used it. Well, I like it. Middle. Those are both phenomenal answers. Uh, we are going to move forward. But does anyone else want to give their answer? We're good. Bueno. Thank you, David. Thank you, Colby, for your, your response. Um, I'll ask another question. It doesn't require you to speak, but it does require you to raise your hand if it fits. How many of you have been in a relationship just so that you wouldn't feel alone in life? Anybody on this side? I'll put both I have, yeah, I've, I've been there, guys. I was with somebody because I didn't want to be alone in that season, right, babe? Yeah. Yeah, so listen, I asked that question because oftentimes we enter relationships at the wrong time simply because of an emotion that we're experiencing. Maybe there's a separation, maybe there was a hurt, a pain, a death in your family, you got fired from your job, and you start gravitating to a person. Have you ever met a person? Honey, have you met a person 
where you started dating them or entertaining them, the word is, simply because you felt like you were a little down? Yeah. How'd that feel? I mean, <laughs> I knew what I was doing, and it was pretty cruel to that person, I think. Um, I, but I, I still felt pretty empty, even mm. even with that person's presence. Wow. Um, it, was a, it was a momentary fix, and then I was back to feeling like this is pointless. So, yeah. the, so it's the momentary fix, right? Mm -hmm. So the crazy part is the person you're talking to is not getting your soul or your spirit or your heart in anything. Mm -hmm. You're just giving them some, you know, some stuff that you, that you want to give them. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, that person, maybe he even or he or she even might start liking you. Oh, they did. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, this person, maybe in their Genuinely. season, they're like, I'm looking. I'm searching, and here comes Kenny, who doesn't want to talk to you about anything about relationships, mm -hmm. but I want to entertain you, and I want you to be around my life. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of times, there were moments that I've seen around my with my friends or even with myself where it wasn't even about sex, because mm -hmm. sometimes the emotional sex is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And I say that word because sometimes you want someone just to, just to hug you, just to be like, hey, you're awesome to inspire you, to say all these beautiful things about you, right? And you don't even want to get physical with them. It's just like, okay, just cheer me on, hype me up, make me feel good. And you get to that point where you're, you're taking that from the person, but the person thinks they're investing in you. Right. So at the end of the day, you're like, uh, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I don't like you. Uh, thank you for the emotional support, but I'm moving on. Ciao. Now that person's destroyed. You're still empty and nothing was solved. So, yep. why are we talking about tonight? So, one thing I want to say is singleness is certainly not God withholding his love or blessing upon your life. Yes. If you're single, it's like, oh my God, Lord, what are you doing? Why aren't you talking to me? You're not blessing me. Because if you have defined being single as a punishment or condemnation, and you're also going to have a really, really tough time accepting God's timing when it comes to your singleness, your relationship, and your marriage, mm -hmm. you're not going to trust him because your perception of him is that he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. If you knew I was sad, send me a person. You did it to Adam, right? You saw Adam wasn't fit to be alone, so I'm not fit to be alone. So why don't you send me my Eve? The truth is, singleness is not a condemnation. It's something completely different. Therefore... The word says, actually, in Hebrews 12, 1, if we could put that up there real quick. Yeah. It says, therefore, then, since we, have surround, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run the race or run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Right. It's very wordy, but let me break it down to you. Don't entangle yourself with the necessity that you feel you have to have a relationship in this season. If no one... And listen, what season are we in right now, babe? I think it's referred to as cuffing season, where everybody wants the boyfriend or girlfriend to give them a gift. Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, that you want the, the trifecta, right? right? But on January 3rd, they're gone. So the crazy part is, he's telling us right here, throw off things that entangle you. Sometimes, and guys, hear me out, not just the girl or guy that you're talking to, but those platonic friendships too need to go. 
Because if I want to find someone, and when I want to find Laura, I couldn't align myself with people that didn't. For instance, let's put it this way. If I wanted to find a princess, I couldn't align myself with people who were perverted. And people think like, oh, they're just my friends. They have a zero influence in what I do. Lie. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Because bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 15.33. So you have to realize that if you're, if you're running with weight, it's going to be hard for you to run with endurance. And now what does that mean? Endurance means longevity. That means you can withstand. You can go longer and longer. But when you have so much weight on you, Maybe you give your pearls to the first person that you see. So singleness is a conscious, conscious, this choice you make to not put your value in a group or another person. What often happens is we put our trust or the measurement of our value in the opinions of those around us. So someone says to David, David, you look so handsome today. You're so funny. David puts all his trust now in that person. And when the person no longer says you're funny and handsome, what happens to David? David collapses because the trust was given. You have given something to a person and you basically put it this way. Y'all have cars. Most of you have cars. It's like you gave them the car keys and the driving in the driving wheel and you said drive my car. And when they made a left and you wanted a right, you get upset. You have to realize that there are things happening in your life right now that it all is based on a choice of singleness. She's beautiful, but I'm in singleness. He's funny and he fits the type, but I'm in singleness. And listen, it works the same way in marriage. Oh, that's a younger version of my wife. You're married, bro. What are you doing? And it works around and everything. Oh, I got a new job. <gasps> but there's another job offered me $16,000 more. Stay where you are. Why do you have to jump, 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 jump? Because that's not a, the, 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 the desire to want to jump and hop doesn't come from God. Because God, the word says in Matthew 7, is founded on the foundation, not on the cracks in the walls and the, and, the, and the steels and the bronze. It's founded on a foundation. You build off of that. So this can cause many issues, many issues within a person. And one issue is that you are unable to understand your own self-worth. You don't know how valuable you are. So this beautiful treasure stored in this jar of clay is just clay on the outside and clay on the inside, and I'm miserable, and if any person winks at me, I'm going to give them my whole life. That's, that's tough to hear out loud. Another problem is, that without this constant affirmation from the people you have given your worth to, you feel lowly, inadequate, and worst of all, undesirable. No one desires to be with me. No one desires to hang out with me because they just want to use me for some things or whatever it is. But this is a really common issue. So not only are these issues really going to just hurt us, but the greatest one above all these issues is that it interferes with your development, with your relationship and faith in Jesus, what Kobe and David had said. You don't know how to be single and with God. You know how to be single and looking at everything else but Jesus. When the word says, set your gaze, your eyes on him, your author and perfecter up above. 
This leads us to one of my favorite verses in Matthew 6.33, where it says, But seek, aim, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. I think one of the issues with me in the beginning of, I guess, me entering the dating world was that if I can get a beautiful woman, my value goes up. If I can get somebody who is great all around, people will look at me and say, this person has more value. Men, real quick, for a second. Doesn't it feel good when you tell somebody, oh, I got this new job, make 100K. You know, I got, yeah, I'm a boss. I'm like, I don't want to say it out loud, but I'm the boss of like 15 people. That ego just stirs. And you're like, yeah, I do all these good things and everything. Is your value in that? What if you get fired tomorrow? And then that same girl goes, also, you know, we have date night tonight. We're going to hang out tonight. Well, the way my bank account is looking because I got fired, I can't do that. So what I'm trying to say is this. You have to seek after Jesus and what he is and who he is and the job the desires the creativity and dare i say the husband or wife are going to show up we can't expect to seek god only during convenient times and then expect god to give us this covenant-like relationship if you can't give your time to God right now in your singleness, what makes you think when your wife says, clean this and do that and buy that, or your husband says, we stop paying for this and do this, you're having all these internal conflicts because you don't know who you are. And then Jesus goes, hey, come seek me. You're like, Jesus, a second, because I got to deal with this woman. And then what happens? You find a marriage counselor. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's too much. Whoa, whoa. Where was Jesus in the beginning? Where is he now right now? Where is he right now in your life, your single life right now? Where is he? Is he one, two, three, four? As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this because it happened to me. If you're single and Jesus is anywhere beneath one, there's a real problem. I'm talking about a severe, dangerous problem. Because Laura and I, we're not expecting twins. So I had to develop this, and then God was like, bam. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not okay. But God was the one that told me when we were going to watch, see the sonogram, I have given you grace for the news you're about to receive. If I didn't get that from Jesus, man, it would been a real problem for me. Mm-hmm. I would have walked out. <laughs> no, but I, it, it would have been really tough. But yeah. now every day when I go through the battles and the struggles, God, remind me, remind me. The Holy Spirit's one of his best jobs is to remind you. You're in covenant. Remind you, this is what I gave you. Remind you, seek me first, not after. So when God is not the priority of singleness, you will believe that your identity is found in relationships. This is not just romantic ones, but it's with the friends around you, and your friends begin to dictate what you do, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, and your romantic relationship plays the role of God the Father. So you have put all your trinity in people. But we're going to start off by defining more and talking more about love and the faithfulness. Well, love and more of the... What singleness? Yeah, the love and what singleness is in that category. And honey, take over. Yeah. I actually want to just backtrack a little because some of what you said um, 
really stirred me to say some things about my own history. Um, and I do want to just emphasize that, you know, um, when you start off with a void in your heart, um, even as a young, you know, teen, I was a preteen really, it was like, I was very young. Um, when you start off with a void because of whatever number of reasons, um, there was an absent father in my home. So there was, there was a lack of understanding, A, of what healthy marriage, healthy relationship looks like between a man and woman. And there was a lack of love, paternity, paternal love, that love that a daughter receives from her father so that she has an understanding of her identity, of her value, of her self-worth, her dignity, et cetera. Things that a father is supposed to impart were not there. Um, though I was raised in a church, it didn't really mean that I felt the father's love, correct? We know that you can exist in a church inside of these four walls and never experience the father's love, sadly. Sad to say that, but that's true. Um, nevertheless, that was um, a huge, that played a huge role in why I was so susceptible to, as Song of Solomon puts it, it says, don't excite love, don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you are ready. That's Song of Solomon 8, 3 to 4. And it's not talking about brotherly love. It's not talking about unconditional love towards humanity. It's talking about eros love, that uh, more passionate sexual type of love, okay? So I was very highly susceptible to um, awakening that love prematurely as a result of having this void in my heart. It sounds like something's dripping over there. What was that? Sweet. <laughs> me. I was like, is there water coming out of the window? What's going on? I got nervous. Sorry. Um, so speaking on that, I do want to just, um, you know, explain that many times that becomes a now a cycle of counterfeit love that we try to fill a void that only God can fill. And the way that finally the Lord was able to pull me out of that was speaking to me through Song of Solomon. For some reason, um, you know, at, at that, even at that young age, someone gave me a prophetic word, like God wants to speak to you through Song of Solomon. And to me, that was the weirdest thing I'd ever heard. Cause I thought Song of Solomon was the strangest Bible book in the universe. I was like, why is that even in there? There are things in there talking about breasts and whatever, and what your neck looks like. And I just didn't, I didn't feel like that fit church. I was like church and this, I don't get it. How is that part of the Bible? And, um, so this was something that, sorry, just mute that. Um, this was something that the Lord kind of used to remind me that, well, A, that I needed love, B, that I was looking for real connection and real um, acceptance and validation, and C, that I was looking in the wrong places, I, that he wanted to be that person. He wanted to have that place in my heart and that I was giving it to the wrong people, people who could never fill that role. Um, and I remember he really, it was almost like he showed me my heart and that I was letting people into the bedroom of my heart, like the deepest, mo most intimate place, trying to, and expecting them to somehow like, you know, fix the hurt, fix the brokenness, fix that in me um, and fill me with value. And real the reality was they only left me, they only took more from me from the, in that place. You know, so instead of, giving it was more of a taking because again mm. i awakened love before it was time i i gave that position and that power over 
to ones who did not know the father, A, so they had nothing to give me, and B, you know, I, that part of my heart is never really meant to give to anyone except the Lord, right? So he wow. is my knight in shining armor. He is my, um, you know, Prince Charming. All those things that were fed into me through culture, through movies, through the children's Disney char characters and all these girls who, their whole aspiration in life apparently is to fall in love. The happy ever Right? After. That was the goal in every movie was with like, you know, my favorite movie was Little Mermaid. I literally watched that tape until all the tape string came out. <laughs> That's how crazy I was with Little Mermaid. And mind you, this movie is literally based on a girl giving up even her gifting to follow a guy, right? I she gives up mean. her voice, her song. She gives up every aspiration that could, she, she had inside her, the gifting that was given to her from the father, right? That creative gifting to sing. She gives that, she trades that for a bowl of beans as, you know, as we know Esau did, right? So she traded her birthright for a bowl of beans in exchange for a man who is not going to fulfill her, who is not going to be, you know, giving her value and worth the way she really ne needs it, right? Well. So understanding that uh, led to a string of relationships. And I'm one of those who never knew how to be single longer than a minute. <laughs> I was like, it was like one relationship was over, click, okay, hi. How are you doing? Yeah, what's up? Right? So it was just like, it was oh. like, you know, my mom had a had a history of cigarette smoking. She was a chain smoker. She would literally, as, as one is in her mouth, the other one was being lit. That was me with relationships. As one is going out, the other one's being lit. And that was my addiction. That's how I fed my spirit. Well, not my spirit, obviously. I'm just killing my spirit. But that's how I fed my soul, yeah. right? Um, and so understanding that every... Mm. Every, uh, every example of addiction that you can find, whether it's food, uh, social media, um, what other things are people addicted to? Go ahead, call them out. Uh, Obviously, drug, uh, gaming, alcohol, internet um, gaming, yeah, things. Gambling. Yep, gambling. Uh, drugs. Drugs, exactly. All of these Sugar. are just another version of the same thing. It's the same, huh? Coffee. Coffee. Pottery. <laughs> Don't talk about my coffee. <laughs> all right? I take that personally. <laughs> um, all of these are a version of the same ugly thing. And it yep. is the counterfeit version of love. And we're all ultimately looking for intimacy with the Father. He's yep. supposed to have that place in our heart to give us significance, to give us um, acceptance, to give us validation. So, um, so yeah, going, wow. going back to singleness now. I learned... A lot of things in this in the period of singleness that I did have, and that was finally when I decided, like, you know, this is only producing greater void in me to the point where I would even say I was at negative 100 in terms of my sense of value. Like, some people who come to the church might have at, be at zero, but because I was in the church, I had all this, like, condemnation that made me at, like, negative 100 in terms of my self-esteem, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. So that's what I was standing in, and I finally was like, God, I can't, I can't go on like this. Like, I'm not even a functioning human being. One of these days, I might just like jump off a building. And and it was that final wow. decision where I was like, okay, you know, I'm going after the Lord. And um, what took place, obviously, is is a transformation. But He led me into a place of singleness, um, and of course, I had to come into agreement with that in my heart. Um, and this, I want you to think of it as a short, short, 
period for most of you. Okay, maybe some of you are meant for singleness, but that's going to be a decision that you make before the Lord and you are agreeing to it. It's not going to be something that, you know. Um, but understanding that it's a short period of real set-apartness for him, and it's a short period of testing. So he's testing you. What's the purpose of testing? The purpose of testing is to mold and to shape your character into his image. Okay, you want, you are becoming more and more in the image and likeness of your father. Yep. Okay, so what is he doing in that period? Um, well, the major one we're going to get to in a, in a little while. Um, I'll talk about that later. But um, it develops your self-confidence. You know, something that Kenny was saying was you become more self-aware, right? You, you discover who you really are. Um, you become, you are able to identify who you are, meaning you find your identity outside of other people's perspective, influence, opinion, um, treatment of you, et cetera. Because nope. what, what tends to happen in relationship, when, when it's romantic relationship, is that we give that person power to dis, dis, discern in me what's valuable and what's not. We give them power to tell us, you know, what we are deserving of or what not. And then we begin to lower our standards based on what that person is saying. And if they're not seeing me with God's perspective, then how in the world are they going to be able to tell me the truth about who I am, right? Man. So that's, that's ultimately uh, a road to failure and destruction. So he helps build your self-confidence, your identity. Um, he develops integrity, which to me is... Yes one of those words that I struggled with for a long time. It was one of those hard words that I was like, I don't think I have that. And, you know, it was, it was through this process of singleness that God developed my sense of integrity. What is integrity? Well, simply put, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to give you the definition. You guys could look up the definition yourselves. It's basically establishing who you are going to be regardless of who's watching. Yes. Okay, so establishing that you are this person, this is who you are in the face of the world, in the face of the Christians, in the face of God, Private and in in, when you're all by your lonesome in your own room by yourself, this is who you are, and you're going to maintain that same person, that same attitude, that same um, response to things, right, Is have, yeah. that's having integrity. So it's, you're building integrity, you're developing that, and integrity is very important. I love this verse, it says, uh, I'm going to share with you real quick. It says, integrity will lead you to success, uh, but treachery, or another version says, but be the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Treachery will destroy mm. your dreams, right? Why? Because ultimately you need to, and the word also confirms this. I, there's another verse. I don't have to give it to you, but there's another verse that says um, it's, it's in your... Uh, it's in your honesty that will get you to your destiny. Like you can't, no. you won't get promises if you're not keeping your word before the Lord. Okay. Covenant is very important to the Lord. This has to do a lot with covenant. So covenant is very important to the Lord. You can't expect to get the blessings if you're not fulfilling covenant with the Lord. Right. So, um, integrity is important. It teaches you self-discipline, right? Self-discipline in terms of self-control, not indulging your flesh. Right. So this is what you're learning in your singleness. You're learning how to not yeah. indulge your flesh and how to lean into the spirit, be more spirit-led in your decision-making. Yep. You're learning to be less sensual. What I mean by sensual is leaning on your five senses, what you feel, what you, um, you know, your, your five senses. You guys know what your five senses yeah. are. You know, 
eyes, nose, whatever. So you're becoming <laughs> less sensual, okay, <laughs> and more, and led less sensual, less led by your emotions. Oh, yeah. I feel this way. I feel this I way. Feel I'm gonna follow killer. my heart. You're not supposed to follow your heart. I've said this before. Your heart is deceitful above all things, all things according to Jeremiah 17:9. Mm -hmm. So you are not to follow your heart. You're to Put your heart in the back seat, okay? Your heart is to, to be led. Your yep. heart is meant to be led by your spirit. All right, so it teaches you self-discipline in that area. Um, singleness is also meant to uh, clearly define what love actually is. You're, you're taking the time to really define what love is and what love isn't. You're, you're learning to discern the difference between love and lust, love and infatuation, love and romance, love and emotional porn, mm. love and things that are self-seeking and easily offended, right? Yep. So everything that's opposite of really what love is, right? So you're learning those things yep. so that you are able to then give that healthy love back, right? So right. your love is not gonna be self-seeking. Your love is not gonna be easily offended. Your love is not gonna run at the drop of a dime, you know, at the first sign of, of trouble. So these are things that you're gonna build in your singleness. Um, That's good. And it sets you apart and enables you to walk in covenant relationship with others. You learn how to stay humble and you learn how to be honoring mm. during this time, so. That's yeah, good, you know. Verses, yeah. I mean, that, honestly, that, the, the integrity part is what got me, you know. It, it to me, if, if you don't really have integrity, then everything else is gonna collapse at one point. And what, again, integrity is, is, is upholding that character, is knowing who I am firmly, whether someone applauds it or nobody sees it. And that affects a lot on what you're doing. Now, I want to clarify something for everyone, everyone watching here and, and you know, on Facebook. We're, we're not a married couple telling you to be single, right? Like we, right. we want you to understand something that choosing singleness is not declaring over yourself that I'm never going to get married, I'm going to be single, I'm going to apostle Paul it, and no one's going to be in my life. No, it's actually declaring that I want my season of singleness to fulfill its purpose so I can get married the right way. Yeah. So, again, I don't want you thinking like, okay, well, you know, tell you your pastor or your friend, well, I can't get married because Pastor Ken and Pastor Laura said we had to just embrace that singleness and be single. No, embrace the singleness with the purpose that you're going to get married with the kingdom attributes, with the kingdom covenant involved. So, yeah. again, declare it over your life. You know, God, I'm single and I'm happy about that, but I know it's leading me. Because, listen, God knows, you. God knows the way to bless you and your generations is through your seed. Mm -hmm. He said to Abraham, right? You're the seed. The, the, you're going to be a father of multitudes. How is that going to happen? By everybody being single? No. He knew that every, this had to have a process, but first, get involved with God like Abraham did and everyone else after that. And... Um, there, there are a few things here I want to talk about when it comes to singleness. One is faithfulness. Another one is um, self-awareness. I'm going to touch on self-awareness real quick, and then we'll get into faithfulness. But like Laura was talking about, um, another this, this principle of self-awareness, like what does that mean if you say it out loud? It's how aware are you of yourself? There's sometimes we become experts, you know, Danny walks to the door. I'm like, mm, he's wearing a beanie. His hair is kind of curled. I don't know. He's wearing them red shoes, too. I don't like that. You're so aware of people. 
But then when you do the same thing, you're like, I look fresh. You know, so it's like it gets to the point where you become so aware of your audience, but you're not aware of you. You look in the mirror and you're 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 Jesus. You're perfect. But everybody that walks by you, they got some stench of death on them. And to get deeper into this topic of self-awareness, what kind of decision maker are you? Do you let the rain come upon you and say, make a decision and I'm impulsive and I got to do this and that? Or are you reserved and you make wise decisions? How well are you at being able to communicate and express your emotions? Are you dead inside and when someone tells you how you're feeling, you're like, okay. Like, no, how are you, how are you at that? If you want a relationship, if you want someone to talk to, talk to you, David, about deep things, you can't just reciprocate, yeah, sure, okay. No, there's got to be, got it. And, and, and I want to clarify this. Sometimes we think because I'm an introvert, I'm allowed to do that. Mm. No, false. You are somebody hiding. You're hiding behind whether it's mountains of pain of frustration, of, of, of betrayal, whatever it may be, and you're not allowing yourself to express your emotions. So for, he, for right here, if you're unable to express your emotions, you're not aware that you are deficient in an area. And guess what? You wrap that gift nice and beautiful for your boyfriend or girlfriend. I got you something. I can't express myself and I'm dead inside. Right. So it's like, oh, when this happened, my whole life, but I didn't want to tell you, but since you're mine now, you now know. No, don't do that. That's not okay. How do you handle money? Someone gives you $1,000. How much you spend it? You spend it in one day? Do you invest it? Do you save it? Do you hide it? A talent in the ground and tell God that I don't want to spend your money? How do you do it? Do you find money managers? Listen, when, I, when, when Laura and I first spoke to Kobe, I was like, at first in my mind, I was very arrogant. I'm like, Kobe, what? Come on, girl. You can't tell me about money. I know money. Money knows me. I know money. Come on now. <laughs> And then she was like, oh, word, what's this, 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 what's your spending habits, what's your... I'm like, oh, my goodness, I know nothing about money. <laughs> but it's okay, because God's going to introduce people in your life that you, where you are deficient, because where you're weak, he makes you strong. Right. So God is... Listen, right now, I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but there's some people right now that are like, God, I just don't know how to make choices. Oh, good, I'm going to put someone right next to you that's really good at making decisions. Oh, God, it's just that uh, I, I don't know how to, how to make a resume. Oh, good, Monique's in the back. She can help you. You need socks? Crystal got socks. Whatever, whatever it is you need, God's going to put it in your life. You need a sound guy? Brian's back there. You want David to do whatever? No. <laughs> you want someone in your life? Listen, God is, listen, and that's why I want to stress something. Self-awareness is going to define itself the best with the people you surround yourself with. Because you want someone around you who's going to speak life into you. Oh, I broke up with seven girls. Come on, man. You want people to speak life and truth and, and, and fill you and challenge you. The, the reason why I love people like that is because your faith becomes stagnant the second you put yourself around people who are just okay living comfortably. And you get this, this stench because that's what stagnation causes. What about, what's your love language? Are y'all going to find out what your love language is when you're 17 years married? What's your love language, babe? Well, I never really thought about that. But I hate when you touch me. Well, I know what it's not. <laughs> so you have to get to the point where, hey, you want to get in a relationship? What do you like when people, you like when people give you gifts? Yeah. When they say you look beautiful today? When they affirm you? 
when they hug you? What do you like? Well, I don't know, but I just know that I need a man. No, you don't. You need self-awareness. You need to know who you are. You need to know who you are in Jesus so you can take that Jesus identity and give it to people. Because another thing too, sorry to burst your bubble for the single people listening to this, not every person in your life could be it. There's some men, girls, who are going to walk into your life to give you a high five and an encouragement. Not, he, he's cute. Everybody's cute. Come on now. You can find something nice in everybody. You have to look at the facts. Amen. This person's in my life to edify me. This woman, she's beautiful. I love her. My goodness. But she's not in my life for that reason. When everyone is beautiful to you, everyone's cute to you, the devil is, oof, he's conjuring up a problem for you. He's like, oh, so all I need to do is put something beautiful in front of Danny. Oh, eso es pan comido, brother. It's easy. Here you go, Danny. 16 beautiful women. Deal with that. But when, David, when Daniel conquers that, when Daniel says, I don't look at that. I look at something deeper. The deeper you get with Jesus, the more identity you get with God, the, the more you start embracing your singleness. Yes. Man, I locked myself in my room. The moment I gave my life to Christ, I locked myself in my room for almost two years. I don't know what the heck a Daniel fast was, an Esther fast was, all these fasts. I want to do a four-day fast. I was doing everything. I was like skin and bones because I wasn't eating. I'm just reading, you know, preachings. I'm listening to Miles Monroe and Apostle Maldonado, my father. And I'm like, I just want to get to know Jesus. I didn't care about anything else. And it's not because I didn't meet the woman of my dreams. But if I met the woman of my dreams at that point, it would be the woman of my nightmare. And I would be her nightmare. So you have to realize that when you're self-aware, you're going down a list to see how am I? Yes. Not the people who betrayed you. Sometimes we get to the point where we say, bueno, my ex-boyfriend didn't appreciate my beauty. And my ex-girlfriend didn't appreciate that I made money. Who cares what they thought? Right. It's what you are doing in here. So singleness, like Laura has mentioned, is the self-awareness to search in here first. Yes. Here's another question. What do you hate and what do you love? There's some people that they find out real quick just because the person was attractive and gave them emotional support in a season. Guess what? The next season's next season comes and you're recuperated and now they do everything you hate. Yep. What happened in the beginning when you did everything good? Well, I was just consoling you. You were crying every single day. Mm. But I'm healed now. Be nice. That's not who I am. Mm. Oh, well, I thought. Okay, you thought wrong. Are you dealing with gen generational curses and unhealed trauma? Does anyone know? Does anyone know right now, real quick? Like, um, you know, well, my dad was a mujeriega, mujeriego, but, you know, ain't gonna touch me. Come on. Is it not? Your, your dad was a, was a whole pimp, but it's not gonna touch you? Well, I gave my life to Jesus. Really? But did you heal that, though? Right. No one in my family has ever made more than $1,000 a month. But miraculously, because I'm good looking, I'm going to make more money than them. No, Hello. you got to deal with these things. Yes. Generational curses are around you. And it's not that God's not more powerful. Yes. It's that he wants to make you aware of them. Yes. Because if you want to start a new bloodline, a new family, it's much more than saying, here I am, send me, I'm your, I'm your servant now. It's more saying, search me and find in me the impurities, the hatefulness, the dirt, the garbage, the, all that stuff. Get it out of me. Because if I, listen, let me tell you something too to motivate you. If you have a family that quote unquote sucks, your mom is too much, your dad is too much, and you think that just because you get married, you escape that, you're not going to become that, you're lying to yourself. 
God is telling you, if you really hate that so much and you really want to change that, who are you going to to change that? Who are you finding? Well, I found this person. His family's perfect. Good. You're going to contaminate you because you're a cancer. You're going to go into a beautiful family and be like, hi, I hated my family, but you guys are so sweet. Or really, within years, that mother-in-law is going to hate you because you didn't want to change. Because what you thought the problem was, was those around you. The ones who were influencing your decisions. Really? And I'm not sitting here telling you that the traumatic experiences, the molestation, the hurt, the pain, the calling you bad names by your parents or relatives is is all sudden dismissed. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if it happened in your life and there's trauma in there, God doesn't want you to go have sex with somebody else and marry somebody else to make yourself feel better. Because you're going to transfer that spirit. If all y'all watching this right now, when you lay in bed with that person, that spirit transfers. So now you're injecting this in somebody else. And then they act like you. Now you're mad at them. So I'm, I'm, I'm mad passionate right now because I, I, want, I, want, I want you guys to know that the self-awareness is so huge. And like Laura said, if you're single right now, you should be applauding. And now let me tell you this, if you're single right now, can I ask you this very deep and somewhat invasive question? What do you got to fix? What is God telling you to fix? And here's the problem. A lot of us don't listen to this because all of a sudden, what do we say? Oh, my man wants perfection. I don't want perfection. I wasn't perfect when I met her or nor married her, nor today. But we're here and we got rings on our finger. We got kids and we're working together. What I'm saying is it's not about a perfection thing. It's about coming to God knowing that if he is my source of life, not your Sunday services, not your devotionals on the Bible app, the source of life, and you don't think he's invested in the person you're going to become one with? Mm. I meet somebody, but I don't tell my pastor. You think God likes that? I'm with somebody. We've been together for like six months, but I'm going to introduce him to my pastor. You think God wants that? You already developed a stronghold. Mm-hmm. So what I say to you means nothing. And I don't have the answers, but I know if we, go, we all go to God collectively, the words are two or more, right? We come in harmony, there's Jesus. Right. Lord, we're coming for you right now, my brother David and my, and my, and my wife and sister Laura, and we want to pray for the situation right now. David, God's telling me that singleness is the way right now. Thank you, Pastor. I'm going to go pray for it. There you go. That's it. It's the unity, the fellowship, the, the, the togetherness, you know? Yeah. And for me, I want to get into some verses here, three verses that really impact this. The first one is going to be in Psalm 139.23 in the Passion Translation, and it says as follows. God, if you guys want to say this, whether yourself right now or later on, please say this. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart, yes. not into the things that I do. Let's correct that real quick. Sometimes like, oh, I, I invite you to, you know, the gym where I go to, no, 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 into my heart. Examine me through and through and find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. Guess what one of your anxious cares is? I need a man. I need a girl. I want to get married. I want a relationship. I need the companionship. Search me. This is a beautiful time when you're by yourself and you say, God, search me. Every part of me, search me. 
And don't just tell God what problem we have. Don't tell God to search the bad parts. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm a good lover. Make good money. Smart. No, search all that too. Yeah, exactly. Search my intelligence. Search my wisdom. Search my decision making. Search everything. Everything inside of me, search that. Because even if it looks good on the surface and it's bad for you, I don't want it. Some people are convinced, like, well, you know, I was made to be somebody to do this. Okay, that might be good, but did you bring it to God? And did he make sure that election was sure in you? Mm -hmm. Did he reveal to you this is what you're made to do, son? The next verse is found. I think she has it up there, right? Uh, What's the next verse? Yeah, go. Psalm 119.9. For Yahoo, no one has that shirt on tonight, but it's our TE shirt. How can a young man slash woman stay pure? Only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. There's a word here that's very invasive, and the word is only. You know what only means? It's an extreme word. Only. Not like uh, 98%. No, only. You can't possibly run this relationship that you have before you with that man or that girl and think that the word is going to take a backseat to that relationship. Honey, how's that going to work out for you? Because when they get annoyed, or you annoy them, or whatever happens, and you take it into your own hands, Mm. you're not going to throw verses at her. You, Psalm 33, like you're not going to do that. It has to birth in you in those moments. So how does it say pure? How do we make sure that I'm, I'm online, and I'm making sure that this is for Jesus, and I want whatever is coming in my life to know that I serve God? Stay in the Word. Stay in the word. And not just relationships for the career you want to pursue, for the friends you're going to choose, for the hobbies you're going to take. There's some people getting hobbies, bro. A guy says, what are you doing, bro? Why are you throwing that bone hour right now? Why are you throwing an axe to that tree? I didn't call you to do that. They're like, oh, but you know, God, I got to get my mind off things. Fantastic. If you were to come to me, I could tell you, I can guide you, I can lead you, like Romans 8 says, to what you need to do. Just because you picked it up doesn't mean God has to bless it up. You have to come to him and know what he wants to do. And the last verse is found in the book of Psalm as well, too. I believe. Yeah, 139, 20, uh, 24, which says, See if there is any path of pain I'm walking in. Anybody got pain that I'm walking on right now? You walking on Legos? And lead me back. So I'm walking in pain. I need you to lead me back. One of the hardest things to confess is that I'm walking in pain. Because we don't want to forgive. We don't want to let go. We don't want to confess the truth that what that person did to me hurt me more than I can possibly fathom. And that's where we get interrupted in our purpose. Because you go to God with all your petitions, all your dreams, all your visions, but not your pain. And you're just walking on this lonely path of pain. Let me tell you something. On the path of pain is where the devil comes up to you. And what God offers you resolution, he offers you the easy way. Mm. I see you're hurt. I can give you kingdoms if you would serve me. A lot of these artists, celebrities, movie stars, what you see, that's what happened to them. They were on paths of pain. You hear the stories, their stories are screwed up path of pain i can give you fame Hmm. path of pain i can give you healing healing is always tougher but healing is permanent 
everything else dies. Back to your glorious, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. See if there's any pain in my path right now. You think God wants to allow you to keep walking in pain? Or maybe, just maybe, he hid you in obscurity so no one would come in your life more and cause more pain. Hmm. Maybe he hid you because he's like, your problem is the opposite sex. Your problem is that you put too much trust in what they say and what they do. So maybe you're ugly to the world on purpose. Maybe nobody's seeing you right now because God's hiding you. But maybe that when that one day comes and you're healed, God the Father who knows the desires of your heart says you're ready. You've been healed. You've walked with me. I have trust. Can we look at it this way for a second? I remember at prom, I had to ask the girl that took the prom, I had to ask her father. I said, can I take your daughter to prom? I was like, of course, dude. You're like dating her, so why not? I said, right, but I feel like it's necessary to ask you. Men in this room, you know when you pick a woman, you got to ask God the Father for that woman's hand because that's his daughter. And ladies, you too. God, I want to walk with this man. I want to honor him. How am I doing? Am I going to pervert this person? Am I going to affect them negatively? Sometimes I had to say no to people because I'm like, I, I know you like what you see, but you're going to hate what you see real soon because I'm not ready. Because I'm going to be a volcanic toxicity in your life. I know the right words to say. I know how to manipulate your mind. I know how to get you to like me. But in the end, the truth's going to burst out of me. Self-awareness. You sound so perfect right now, but I'm telling you, I'm not ready for this. Man, to tell something or somebody you're not ready and say, God, even though I want that, even with Laura, I almost got to that point. I said, Lord, if she's not mine, take her back every night. Take her back. And if she's mine, give her back every morning. And for that whole month, she would send devotionals. She would send all these things to me. And I'm like, every day, God was giving her back to me. But I said, Lord, if this is it, I'm going to put the sword in it. I'm going to finish this. Because now I believe that this is, this is what you've given to me. So understanding and being self-aware of what I'm doing in my life. That's what your singleness is doing. And singleness also leads into faithfulness which Laura is going to tap into now. Right. So um, for me, the Lord really spoke this word over me directly, like very clearly in that period of singleness was, um, I'm teaching you faithfulness. And I was like, oh, okay, teaching me faithfulness. Um, Why? Because we so often lose sight of what faithfulness really looks like. Um, in the dating world and even just with our time to the Lord, you know, we, we are, we're so unfaithful in giving God that daily intimacy time, um, just faithfulness as a whole. Um, and one thing I, I read recently was, I love this. It says faithfulness to just define it in a clear and concise way is being true to your word. True to your word. Mm. There's consistency between what you say and what you do. Between what you believe and how you behave. Mm. Between what you promise and what you perform. 
Wow. A faithful a faithful person keeps the faith of those who put their trust in him. So we have to understand that faith is not so much about us, tr you know, trusting in the Lord, although you can use it in that reference, but it's far more used in the reference of people can trust you, right? People can put their faith in what you say. Hmm. You are true to your word. And we know that the Lord said the word, the word says that God puts his word even above his own name. That's a powerful statement. Wow. He magnifies his word above his name. Mm. And it says, he also says in um, Romans, let me just pull it up because I like the reading of the whole thing. Wow. It says, um, sorry, it says, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, no. so that you may not fall into judgment. That is James 5, 11, sorry, it's James 5, 11, 12. And it says, you know, essentially let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be true to your word. Yep. Be, be a person of, of um, honor in that way, you know, so that we can, we can know that when you make a promise, you're not going to break it. And God is very strong when he talks about um, making promises in the Bible. It says it's better that you don't make a promise and then break it because then you're you're sinning and the word also says that god hates there's seven things he hates and one of them is a lying tongue, lying tongue. right so we don't want to release things that we're not going to keep um that we're not going to stay true to um mm. so faithfulness this is what i felt like the lord was revealing to me was faithfulness starts with your eyes and then ends up in your heart right and then it's cultivated there and it eventually produces behaviors and actions on your part. So faithfulness really, and when I say heart, I also mean mind. Okay. So what I mean by that is, you know, you need to cultivate faithfulness in not just what you're seeing, what you're hearing, everything that you're allowing into yourself. Now, obviously there are going to be things that you can't control, like a billboard of a person that's, you know, half naked or whatever, things like that that you can't necessarily um, avoid, yep. but what you can avoid you know, faithfulness starts there. Faithfulness starts there. It starts with you knowing where you should be and where you should not be, mm. who you should be with and who you should not be with. Faithfulness starts with meditating on certain things, thoughts, memories, um, images, etc. That starts right here. It starts in your heart and your mind, and it ultimately will will display, and we will see the fruit of that in wow. your actions and your behaviors. So, if you're looking for faithfulness on outward. If you're seeing faithfulness on the outward, it's because there's already been a lot of sowing and a lot of cultivating inward, right? Wow. Um, and I love this other verse that says, I'm just going to share this one. It says, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. That's Proverbs mm. 20, verse 6. Many claim. So we can say with our mouth, I, I vow to be true to you in, thick, in sickness and in health. But at the end of the day... If you haven't cultivated faithfulness pre-marriage pre vows, you may struggle in your marriage to stay faithful. Yeah. You may struggle with walking past somebody who's really cute and looking, looking that way, right? You're going you're gonna to struggle in those areas if you haven't already done the, the groundwork and the foundation, set the foundation of faithfulness in your heart from, the, from even before that person ever presented themselves to you. Uh, so understanding that 
that's also part of guarding your heart. It's part of guarding your heart. The word says, guard your heart for out of it flow the wellsprings of life, right? So that's Proverbs 4.23. It says, it's talking about, it's knowing that your heart is going to, it's going to lead you in many ways. It's going to di- lead you to making, to making decisions and um, doing things in life that could either hurt or help your destiny, right? So yep. understanding that um, guarding your heart is part of this, this whole process, but... What I, what I also wanted to say was, um, oh man, I wrote it down. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have something here. Hold on. I love this. Yeah. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. Uh, the word levav is the most common word for heart. It includes your thoughts, your will, your discernment, and your affection. So guard your affections. Guard your affection. Right, who who are you showing affection to? Be right, who are you? Entertaining. Um, enter- yeah, thank you. Entertaining, um, because why? It says they they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Wow. Right, so pay attention to those things. Those are important um, in order for you main- to maintain that faithfulness. Yep. And I finally, I'm going to read. I don't know if Monique had a chance to. Did I sent it to you? Uh, Psalm 37, 3 to 5. Thanks. Jeez, she got it. She's awesome. Mo. Says, keep trusting. I'll read it from up there. The keep Lord. trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of yes. God. So keep trusting in the Lord. Do what's right in his eyes. Fix your heart um, on the promises, promises. of God. Wow. And you will dwell in the land feasting on his faithfulness. So, yeah, let's keep going. Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh. Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh. And he will give you what you desire the most. Hmm. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. Wow. This is the passion translation. Yes, somebody needs to make this their life verse tonight. (laughs) Somebody needs to make this their life verse tonight. (laughs) Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God. This is how you feast on faithfulness. This is what grazing and cultivating faithfulness looks like. This is coming from a shepherd. The word for the word that he uses actually means grazing, grazing on his faithfulness. He wants you to graze like a sheep does on faithfulness. And how do you do that? Fixing your heart on the promises of God, yep. dwelling in that that land, dwelling in that land, that yep. trusting, that that fixation, that pleasure and delight in him, right? And then he'll give you that what you desire most. So he'll give you himself, right? Because you are desiring him most yep. but along with that comes every desire that he's now put into you so yep. give god the, the right to direct your life and as you trust him along the way you'll find he pulled it off perfectly man pulled it off perfectly because yeah. god's undefeated Jumping. right huh he's undefeated right exactly i want to i want to end my part here we're going to get into some now the males and the females in this room um men what is the goal of your singleness? Well, uh, the word puts it pretty clear. The vision of your singleness is to be submitted unto Christ 
and to love your wife as Christ loved the church. In other words, it's not about how strong you are. It's not about what you're capable of doing and showing your wife. Sometimes we get into the point of being show ponies for our wife, where we're all performance-based. Look how strong I am, look how much money I can make, how much I can protect you. Beautiful, beautiful things that we all need to exercise as men. But I have a question for you. Should a wife submit to you if you're not submitted to Christ? Some people might say, oh, that's contradicting the Bible. No, it's actually enforcing the Bible. It's, if that wife is with you, but no, mira, se tiene que someterme a mí. Oh, excuse me. First, you submit to Christ. Then the wife submits under. And the vision right now of your singleness is to understand that if you do want someone in your life that you want to cherish, you want to grow with, you want to build a vision with, a home, a business, an empire, whatever you want to call it, the significant thing you have to do right now is prioritize your whole entire life. How are you going to build it? Listen, one thing that I did wrong, I'm, I can say right now with, with, with proudly, I didn't save a dime for my wedding. Now, thank God the Lord provided in a supernatural way. But are y'all saving for your marriage and your wedding? You're saving for your honeymoon? Have you been saving for the home, the down payment you want to have on your house, a.k.a. the asset? Have you been looking into organizing your finances? So when your wife comes in and says, okay, honey, I know that I got to submit to Christ and to you, and I'm believing that you have the answers here, are you going to be like, well, I didn't do it because I thought getting married was just us being fresh in my suit and your dress, and that's it? <laughs> or do you get to the point where it's like, no, nah, I got a plan. I'm going to open up my iPad real quick. And be like, This is where I learned from Kobe. <laughs> I got it laid out right here. And you know what? The cool thing is, I don't have it all figured out, but now that you're here, we can create our system together. It's not about you like, okay, toma, yeah. No, you have to come together with her and be like, what are you good at? What, what, what can we do together? What's the plan? Listen, one thing I learned about Laura, man, Laura looks around the house. In my eyes, some things look okay. And so, listen, for me, I used to get to the point where, you know, if, if we had a little bit of ketchup, we had ketchup. But if we had a little bit of ketchup, we have no ketchup in her eyes. I got to go buy more ketchup, even though the bottle is still half full. So the perspective, huh? Whatever, a three quarter, a quarter full. What I'm trying to say is there are going to be perspective and differences, all those kind of things. But I want you guys to understand that when you unite yourself with your wife, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to challenge you as well, too. But I want you to have your identity in Christ first. To know this is the woman of my dreams. I love her. I want to honor her and respect her. And I also want to make sure I'm honoring God by doing my service unto my wife. If you're looking to get married so you can tell your parents you're married, or you think you're getting married because it's the last piece of your puzzle, God didn't make it a game. This is not the price is right. This is, no, he, he wants you to understand that you're building a vision for your wife. You're building a home right now for your wife. Listen, the cool thing about men, that, that's the truth, is we'll get the house. Don't make it the home. Give him that. I want you to put your vision in this, babe. Don't, don't tell your wife paint and don't give her a canvas. You have to build something and invest something into her. And then you got to show her your mind. I'm learning all these things. I'm, don't take this as if I figured them out. I've been ministered heavily these past couple of weeks. 
But I know God is telling me more and more, hey, this is what I gave you. This is your gift. Love her the way she is. You want to see those things happen? You want to see things come together? Formulate that. And for you guys who are single, man, how beautiful would it be one day when your wife is kind of struggling and she's nervous about what's going to happen? Like, babe, guess what? Bam. The funds for the wedding. I saved up for our kids. And it doesn't have to be everything. It's $10,000. It could be I saved up for things. I got a life insurance policy. I care about my investment, my retirement plan. I care about these things. Now I want to do them with you. And you work hard. And you build that together. It's a beautiful thing. Miles Monroe, again, major mentor of mine, said, don't you ever dare take a woman out of her home from the safety and the comfort of her parents for you to just bring her to the streets. Bring her into her palace. She was getting ready for the palace you were making for her. And if you really want to honor that beautiful woman, God's going to send you. And then when you guys first hang out, I mean, when I told Laura, I told some Laura that could have been borderline breakup. I'm like, I'm broke. I'm shooting in the gym right now. I don't have anything. And she was like, well, the way we spoke and the way we connected and the way you show me where we're going, I believe in the vision God gave you. Thank God she said that because that would have been bad if you broke up with me. But the truth was, I was very caught off guard when I met my wife. I knew God was gonna, God had regulated a lot of things in my life to that moment. But you're not gonna have that luxury because you're sitting here today. Which means it can't just be like, well, I was sitting in class for 16 years with Ken and now I'm gonna enforce it. No, build them now. Start doing things, man, that you, vision, visionaries. Where do y'all wanna live? How many kisses do you want? What does you wanna do? And then when that person comes and you write all these things down and write them down, write all that, write the vision down and run with it. And listen, all of a sudden Laura came in my life and she, listen, I had one page, but she had three pages and it was my name. It was basically Kenny all over those pages. It was a beautiful thing. But don't make, you know, one page with six bullet points. She's beautiful, cute, nice butt, and she works. Like I said, what, where's, where's the depth? What do you want to see? How do you want your kingdom couple to impact this world? Exactly. I want prophetic gifting in my home. I want to pray. This morning, Laura put me in the spot. I usually put on Boss Baby for my kids when we wake up. I love that movie now. And she's like, turn that off and read the Bible. I was like, woman, call me off guard, honey. But it was the best thing ever. Because I told, I said, you know what? You want the Bible? You choose the passage. She goes, Choose anything between Psalm 20 and Psalm 30, and I chose Psalm 20, and it was the most fire verse, and we loved it, and even Kyra was listening. Luca was kind of out of it, but <laughs> the cool thing was, is that's how you establish it. How do you want to wake up in the morning with your kids? I'm going to cook for them, but they're not going to do nothing edifying, and that, that's convicting, man, because I want a wife in my life who's going to be like, yo, hey, get back on track, or do y'all want the wife that just submits to every word you say? Cocina limpia, lava. Y cállate. No. I want her to keep me in check. I want to be Holy Spirit and my wife. You're not going to get past both of them. Holy Spirit, you might lie. You might, you, might, you might close your Bible, but you can't close your wife. So what are you trying to get into? What's the vision you're building? What is it you want to see in your wife? Are you going to speak life over her? Or do you expect her to carry her own life with Jesus?
learning these things. I say them not from the perspective of condemnation or saying it's perfection. I'm learning these things right now. It's beautiful. But now that you're single, build your tower. Maybe no one sees you yet because you haven't built anything. Maybe what you really want in a wife is superficial. So for the men, if you're meant to lead the home, if you're meant to provide and protect and do all these things, the first person you got to talk to is Jesus every day. And not because you want don't, don't all of a sudden take my, mix my words up and talk to God every day for, to get your wife. I want you to talk to him for direction in everything you do. Everything. Stephen, Brian, Nico, Daniel, David, Rafi, Carl's already won. All you guys, I want you guys to get in that. And then one day when I get to marry y'all, I know I'll look in the man's face and say, this guy's ready to go. He knows. High five, brother. You celebrate that night and the rest of your marriage. But build it now. Don't ever listen to the lie that you got to wait till you get something to build upon it. No. Build it now, and you're going to see that, that when that person comes, you're not going to be off guard. That's going to be refreshing. Women love tenderness and security. They love that when a man knows what he's doing. Even when, we, even when I'm sure Kobe can attest to this too, and Laura, even when they are in a confused season, they know that their man has their head on straight. So they can just come and help. Hey, I know you're struggling, babe, but I know the man you are. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling 24-7, this person's confused every day. But I know the man you are, so I'm not confusing your season with your identity. I know this is a season in your life, and I'm meant to come and help, just like he's going to help you. Amen. Well, for my man, y'all heard it, mm. and I hope you guys write that down. And when you write down what you want for your wife, write down what you want to be responsible for, yep. what you want to add into that, and what you're willing to do that's maybe uncomfortable, but it's edifying for your family and your home. And write your kids down, too. What you want to do with your kids. Because if God sent you to at one time, it might be a little hard. But you're going to figure it out, and God's going to work through you. Mm. That's for my men. Amen. Okay. Who was your turn? All right. So lastly, I just want to like um, wrap this up with just an understanding of what your plan could could or should look like. As far as your singleness goes, um, I love I love this message that I heard recently that really wraps everything up to me, um, and that is build a vision for every area of your life. Whether you're in singleness, whether you're um, you know planning for marriage in the future, build a vision for who you're for your husband. I didn't know that I was doing that when I was writing that three-page list, but that's exactly what I was doing. Why? Because I took, I said, you know what, Holy Spirit, I know you have a husband for me. I know that your promises are yes and amen. I know that, you know, right now there's a season of of building faithfulness in me and I understand all that. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cultivate what I know you are asking me to do. And that is have a vision for that promise, have a vision for it. And I'm going to write it down plainly. Like the word says in Habakkuk, write it on tablets, make it plain, right? So you make it plain. Why? So that you're, you're, 
you're backing it up with your faith, okay? Mm. And you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, not in your flesh, not in your emotions, not because there's somebody you, who you're interested in right now and you're like, oh, I want that, so I'm gonna write that in my list, yeah, because, oh my God, he's got those beautiful eyes, let me write those green eyes down. Yeah, God, I really like that. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're doing this in with the Lord, outside of relationship with another person or outside of any crush that you might have. Yep. No, get all that in your head, okay? Purge that. And let the Holy Spirit guide you in what you're writing for your future husband and allow him to incorporate what he's already spoken over your life because your life and your husband's life are going to be complementary. So mm -hmm. if God has said you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to go to nations, then you best believe that person needs to be on Saint on board with all those things. Okay, so your yeah. destiny has to be intertwined with that person. So God's going to give you vision for that person and you're going to write that vision down. Be, yep. be specific. You're gonna give, you're gonna give yourself that extra push into faith of risk taking and saying, I'm gonna be specific about what I what I feel the Lord saying to me, yep. and you are going to be blown away when that person comes. Why? Because this is gonna allow God to show how good He is. It's gonna show. It's gonna allow God to show how how yeah. extravagant He is when He gives good gifts. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna give you that opportunity to say God to God be the glory in my marriage. Yes. It's gonna give God glory ultimately. That's why you do this. So you're gonna build a vision for your for your husband for your wife. You're gonna build a vision for your singleness. What is my singleness gonna be about, Lord? If you're telling me I need to work on my emotional health then I'm going to work on that. If you're telling me mm. I need to work on my uh, maturity in communication and in confrontation and in and in building uh, boundaries, then I'm going to do that. If you're telling me that my singleness is going to be about um, being more secure in who I am and in mm. my looks and everything like that, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to write down my vision for singleness right now. I'm going to write down wow. um, things like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to stop compromising in these ways. I'm going to stop glancing over in that direction when I know that guy likes me and, and batting my eyes and winking at him and taking all his compliments and flattery. I'm going to stop compromising in every area that I know I'm compromising in. So make your list. Make it plain. Yep. Put it on tablets, okay? Do what the word says. Activate yourself. Um, this will help you to become faithful. It will help you to become more calculated, less led by yes. your feelings and more led by the spirit and more led by your renewed mind. Okay. Mm. Um, you're going to fo focus on getting healed in this time. Okay. So Ken was talking about it. You can't walk into a relationship thinking it's going to be great when the last one you were in a month ago was a disaster because you had so much a buildup of bitterness and hate and, and whatever. Yep. So you're going to work on those things, right? Um, and you're going to learn to guard your heart. And so that pairs with what I was saying, setting up real boundaries. You're going to establish what that, hmm. what that looks like to you. It's going to be led by wisdom herself, right? You're going to, you're going to use wisdom in how you guard your heart. You're going to protect the areas where you know you are vulnerable. If you're vulnerable because of the guys at the gym look so gorgeous, then you're not going to go to that gym, right? Yeah. Okay. So things like that where you learn to guard, bless you, bless you. Ble guard your heart with wisdom, mm. wisdom, setting up boundaries for yourself. Yep. Because guys, the other person, and don't expect the other person to have the boundary. You are going to be the one that no, marks the it. boundary. You are going to be the one that sets the standard. And yes, I'm talking to both men and women. It's not about, I, I, I've heard too many times like, oh, it's the girl's responsibility. No, it is both. You set the boundary. Yep. 
Um, and so, and for the ladies, I would just say, you know, really focus on not falling for the appearance of godliness, because I think that we make excuses a lot and we uh, wow. fall into the romance and the flattery of That's things when those should not be foundations, those should be icing on the cake. Okay, so romance and flattery, those things cannot be the, the basis of why Can you, you like someone. Can you give an example someone. of that? Uh, romance and flattery, sure. Um, a guy tells you how great of a girl you are. He's he's t telling you all the things that you you know you love to hear. Like, oh my gosh, you're you're so funny. You're so pretty. You're so uh, you're you're like you're like the cream of the crop. You are, you know, everything I've been looking for in a girl, and that's all nice. And you just say, you just smile and nod. Mm, okay, thanks. And then you take a seat and you watch and you observe and you wait to see fruit, actual fruit of what you know you are waiting to see from your husband. Yep. So if you sit back and you wait long enough, you will find the things that you need to be aware of before you get into a relationship with that person. You will eventually start to see, oh, well, when he gets mad, he out he has outbursts. Oh well, when he gets uh, wow. when he feels like you know somebody's checking you out, he gets ex ex extremely obsessive and possessive and wow. weird. Uh, you know what? When he um, when I asked him to pay the bill, he got really uncomfortable real quick and said, "Well, why don't you have your wallet?" And okay, so things like that. Those are the things you need to pick up on. So. These are the things that we need to stop making compromises and excuses about because God is not a God of confusion. Although we like to pretend, well, I'm not sure, you know, because he's so great and I don't know. And there's so much good stuff in him and I see a lot of good in him. <laughs> stop falling in love with potential. Ooh. Wait for God there's to say word. the word and lead you. You don't tell him and then ask him for a stamp of approval. Wow. No, you move when he tells you to move. So let's guard our heart in the proper ways. And not fall for potential, not fall for flattery. Interesting about that word, babe, potential. Well, there's, I don't know how many times I've heard it where, oh, well, I married for potential. I thought <laughs> I saw a lot in him. You know, he was growing in the Lord. You know, when I first met him, he wasn't really following God. In fact, he had backslidden. <laughs> but, you know, when I started telling him that I went to church, he was like, well, I'll go to church with you and I'll go to, and I'll worship. Yeah, I'll praise the Lord. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, let's go. Uh-huh. And so, and then after like a year or so, that's when he stopped coming to church with me and... Well, you know, I just assumed that he was going to follow the Lord. If he starts following the Lord because he's dating you, that's because he made you his idol. And you are not it. You are not it. God has to be his everything yes. first. Before you ever showed up, before you said hello, before you batted your sweet little eyes at him, he needed to have God first in, in first place in his life. If you try to, to, to turn somebody into a man of God after you've already started dating, after he's already started courting you, after you've already accepted favors from him, gifts from him, mm -hmm. you are making a huge mistake. You're fooling yourself. Don't do it. You know what's interesting though? Is yes. That we sometimes set such a low standard for ourselves that, so it's almost like, I go to church once a week, so when I see this guy that I meet, and he goes to church once a week, that is my holiness. You get that? You con you've converted that to be the standard of what you're looking for, because you believe that if I'm doing that, and what I'm doing is okay, and that's enough, that the person also doing it is just reciprocating that. So that's why, what we say, in singleness, you got to... 
It's got to be a molding, a challenging, a growing, an evolution of who you are in Christ. Because if you stay at that basement level, you're going to look for basement level people. That's why there are Christians who've been in churches for 10 years, and the first person they want to be with is the new believer. Because they're still new believers. They didn't grow. I've been in church 10 years. Okay, but what did you learn? What did you absorb? What did you become? Where have you grown in faith? Where have you challenged yourself? Oh, but you know, I'm still learning, but he, and that's the worst thing. Guys, I have to mention this now because you said it. Some people run into a guy or a girl. So you've been in church for five years, but you run into a guy and a girl in their honeymoon phase with, honeymoon phase with Jesus, and there is the problem. Honeymoon phases with Jesus look fantastic. The man or male or female look radical. They'll run through a wall for Jesus. And you're like, yo, that's what I need. I need a man who's doing that. But he's just learning who Jesus is. He's learning who he is in Jesus or she. So you can't just be like, let me look at that. Because you have to think to yourself, and honestly, guys, we say this to you because please understand something. If you're into a new believer, I'm very sorry, but your percentages of that working are very low. I'm not going to say no, since your percentage of that working is very, very low. Because they don't know the things that are coming their way. Your spiritual battles, the battle of faith, right. surrendering, dying to self, right. you know, getting spiritual gifts desired, you know, worship nights. They'll go and they'll do, but guys, like she said, if they're doing it, applaud them. Mm -hmm. He's so handsome, he loves God, good for him. If he keeps doing it, he's got my attention. You had my attention, but now you have my curiosity. I'm curious, I'm sorry, I'm curiosity, I have my attention. Now I want to dive deeper into that. Don't just dive into something because the potential of it looks so beautiful. Oh, it looks perfect. I want to get into that. It looks so too good to, to lose, right, babe? Right, right. So, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I just feel like that potential thing is huge. It's big, it's big. And I'm not trying to bring shame on anybody. I'm trying right. to, like, alert you. I want you guys to learn from my mistakes. All yeah. of my mistakes. I want you guys to be better. I want you guys to start from here. Where I left off, I want you to start there. Okay, so start with wisdom instead of working toward wisdom, right? Mm. I want you to start with wisdom. I want you to start discerning things right away. Uh, don't ignore red flags. Don't, you know, talk yourself into believing that they're perfect when you have evidence already to show you that it's not. Um, and recognize, you know, the areas that you're you're weak in. What are your blind spots? And don't be afraid to share those things so that people can yeah. help you. So people can what hold you accountable in those things and, and help you with those those um those weaknesses, right? Those vulnerabilities. That's what your community is here for. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean that pretty much brings everything together for tonight and, and you know, we're gonna wrap up on our on our live and Again, we want to encourage you all in this room who are, who are listening and those on Facebook and, and social media. Yeah. You know, choosing singleness has to be a choice that you declare. You don't have to go outside on a mountaintop and say it to the world, but you have to scream that in your heart and your soul and your spirit and say, I'm okay with being single. Yes. Because if you think about it this way, to kind of drop a bomb on you, you're not really single because you're getting together with Jesus. So <laughs> you're not. You're not like you're by yourself. You're, you're, you're postponing a companion and partner mm -hmm. to fall in love with Jesus mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to do that. So mm -hmm. don't think that, don't let anyone shame you. And, don't, and listen, I get it. You're about to go to a Christmas party and be like, where's your boyfriend and girlfriend? 
Uh, well, you know about that. Right. I'm sure you're here all. I heard all the time for for four years. Oh, you get you get married yet? You wanna go, bro? Let me live my life, okay? And it's like, why are you attacking me right now? So, don't let this stuff, all this beautiful holidays and joy and cheer, cause you to be impulsive. And then now you're bringing in people that don't belong there. Enjoy it. Tell people, yeah, I'm married to Jesus right now, bro. And as far as I'm concerned, until I'm done with that, until I get, until he says I'm ready to go. So choose it, embrace it, and know that when you do that, you are actually preparing for relationship and for marriage. It might be closer than you think. Yes. That's another thing, too. Don't put a timeline on God because he surprised me, too. But if you really give it to Jesus, you'll be surprised what he's about to do with that. So I love you guys. God bless you. We will wrap up our series next week with marriage and relationships. Right, babe? Yes. So we look forward to seeing you guys next week. I love you all. God bless you. You just heard the latest episode from Hope Ministries. We hope it blessed and impacted your life. If you liked it, please subscribe through either Anchor, Spotify, or any other platform you use to get your podcasts. God bless you, and we look forward to you joining us next time.